What up, this is Dart Adams, and this is episode 38 of Dart Against Humanity. It's looking like the winter might finally be over. One of the things that that means is that I have to come out of my previous winter mind state. Um, I have my air conditioners all taped up and covered over so no cold air can come in. I'm finally turning down the heat in my apartment. I have to get out of the previous mindset I had. Uh, a lot of that has to do with like the gear I wore. I don't have to wear thermals anymore. If I look outside, all the snow that we'd accumulated is damn near all gone, all melted. And the only snow left is the really dirty snow that's in mounds. It's like 50% dirt and gravel. And it's attracted all the detritus and filth. And it's just there and you're just hoping for it to rain soon. So it melts. So it's not that eyesore on the sidewalk. But all of this comes with your mindset and your attitude going forward has to change, has to transform. Because no longer are you looking outside at 3.30 and it's getting dark. And believe it or not, this affects your mood. Now, I look outside, it's 5 o'clock, the sun's still out. I don't need to wear a heavy coat anymore. I don't need to wear a scully everywhere. I don't need to rock the long socks underneath my pants. We're almost there. We're almost at the time of year that we New Englanders and Massachusetts residents love and you know what that's all about cargo shorts and especially camo cargo shorts uh, on twitter a lot of people just go in on them y'all can eat a dick camo cargo shorts are what we do here i don't give a fuck if it's a zombie apocalypse we're gonna be rocking camo cargo shorts And if you don't like it, whatever. I don't give a fuck. But one of the things that uh, has happened recently is, well, a whole lot of shit has happened. But um, again, I think I was talking about uh, the whole Captain Marvel thing. All the people online talking about how they haven't seen buzz for it or they didn't like the trailers. And then the movie comes out. It's fucking it's fucking phenomenal. It does amazing at the box office. It's one of the biggest uh, box office successes in recent history, which I thought it was going to be. It executes in a way that a lot of other films haven't being led as an origin story. 
but I don't want to get into that specifically. I want to get 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 into like other things surrounding it. So here's the thing, right? When you're a writer, it's really hard to just turn your brain off and enjoy things. Because what ends up happening is that you go in your head uh trying to figure out if you had adapt if you had the same uh opportunity to adapt that uh property with all that backstory 40 plus years of it what elements would you have left in what would you what would you have kept uh what other things would you have done cuz you have done a better job or do you like what they did it comes down to i like what they did what the studio did loved it right but the thing is that um in order to figure out if you like something or how you if you like how something was done and you want to discuss it with people that are also you know in the know or in that same field or have an idea of how to break things down you're going to have to compare them it's just what you do it's like in science you have the fucking control group it's how you know one thing what went wrong here uh it's it's what you do so it's really confusing when people are like uh you could talk about the movie without having to bash another one no dumbass it's called comparison it's what people do that's what humans do it's how we gauge anything we compare if you go eat at a restaurant, you know if you want to go back to that restaurant because in your head you go back and say, yo, is this place as good or better than other places I've gone to? If it isn't, you're not going to want to go back. There's a reason why people do things. And yes, we always compare. If you're in a relationship, why do you want to stay with this person? You go back in your head and you try to think about, you know, previous relationships you had things that they do, things that they don't do. Comparison is something that's going to happen. It's why humans have fucking memory. That's why we're time binders. I've said this a million times. It's a natural occurrence. The reason why we have fear and the fight or flight response is due to memory and it's also due because it's a form of intelligence and what that involves is comparison. You know, this is pain. You compare this pain to pain, other type of pain on on a range or what can happen to you. It's unavoidable, right? But anyway, what I'm saying is that you always get people to ask, yo, why can't you just let people enjoy things? The problem with having the type of brain I have and people who are in my field, creatives, writers, what have you, all have is that we can't just enjoy things. Sometimes we have to um, completely decompose them. We have to analyze them. We have to break down what is it about this thing that makes us like it? What about it don't we like? A lot of times people ask, um, why do you always talk about things you hate or things you don't like? Why don't you focus on the things you do do like? Them shits come hand in hand. 
the things that attract us to something, that make us like something, that make certain things resonate with us or stick with us, the flip side are the things that repel us, the things we don't like. And the thing is that everybody has preferences. Some of our preferences range uh, range differently. Some of us have a different sweet spot. There are different things that happen in film, television, books, art that uh, elicits an emotional reaction from us directly. What works for one person, what things, what elements one person may like might not work for someone else. And nothing annoys me more than when um, we discuss, let's say, uh, classic albums or classic films. And people think that there is a definitive uh, thing or or uh, um, there's a definitive breakdown for what needs to be. In every single classic piece of art. No. Because some pieces of art. Some films. Some books. Some albums. Can reach that level. In a different manner entirely. From everything else. Before it. And it just bothers me that. People don't understand it. With expression and art. It's a feel thing more than anything. When you try to break it down to a science and try to make it exact, you've completely lost the point. The essence of what it is is what works. Now, there is a science and there is an art to consistently making good to great art or classic material. This is why we like to go back and watch movies. This is like why, why we like to read books again. This is why we like to listen to those albums over and over and over. But here's the thing, right? With me, I go back through and listen to things and watch things to catch the things that work. So I keep that in my head. But the thing is that I know it's like going to Narnia. You're never going to get to Narnia the same way twice. So you don't try to do exactly what someone does, but you keep in mind the move or the spirit of it or the execution or the attention to detail. And that's what I watch for. And I love seeing things where as a writer, I think I know where you're going to go. I think I know what you're going to do. And they do something completely different and still get there and it still works. Uh, I compare it to, um, I don't know if I, I probably mentioned this before. There was a show, uh, is a show, uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us. And it's a show with Penn and Teller who are famous mus uh, magicians. And they have uh, magicians, illusionists. Um, mentalists all come on the show and do tricks and they've studied uh, the history of magic backwards and forwards they're historians of it they love the art they love the craft 
And what they're looking for is people to do original things or a new take on something that's classic and do it in a manner which they can't figure it out. And why this is such such a great show is that <laughs> um, they'll have somebody do an act that mystifies the crowd, astounds the audience. Penn and Teller are sitting there like, okay, of course only one talks. Um, I believe that's Penn Gillette. So he'll explain what that person did using coded language that only the magician understands to let them know I know exactly what you did and how you did it and the techniques you used and then like the the host Allison Hannigan will be like um did did do you think he knows how, they know how you did he's like yeah I think they know how 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 I did it and you're in the audience watching like I have no idea what the fuck he's talking about but I would love to know that's the kind of feeling did I get when I watch certain films or, 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 or watch television shows and they do something I didn't expect them to do or tell a story or do a character's developmental arc in a way that I didn't expect? I live for that shit. I love it. There's a saying, um, I believe Theodore Roosevelt said it, and I've used it before in this podcast. Um, comparison is the thief of joy. I don't 100% agree with this statement because it's a necessity. I repeat, a necessity. It's unavoidable. It's a natural occurrence in nature to compare things. Not do it as stupid, I'd pretty much say. You compare and you contrast. You use your previous experiences to inform your future choices. That's called intelligence. So, um... I was asked... So, yes, since we're going into the spring, one of the things I used to do in spring... Uh, for years, especially on Instagram, which was down recently, which was hilarious. Um, I used to do this thing called Records or Adidas. It was a hashtag. Uh, I've been getting questions. Where did it go? Here's, here, here, here's just a simple breakdown. Records or Adidas goes back to the days when I got paid I didn't have a bank account. I got paid. I would cash the check. This is how long ago this was. This was like late 90s, early zeros. I would cash a check, have the money in my wallet, pocket, what have you. Then, and this is back when I was making a close to minimum wage. At Tower Records, I was making $5.50 an hour and $7 an hour when I was a manager, but I worked nonstop and I made time and a half on the weekends and holidays. And I would work like 100 hours every two weeks because I got paid every two weeks. If we were doing inventory, I might get up to 120 hours every two weeks because you have to stay extra for inventory to scan stuff and organize. 
But the point I'm making is that I was making money for then hand over fist like I was somebody who got paid more and worked less hours. I was getting office work money doing uh, retail work. And that's a lot of money to have around. So what I would do was I would either decide if I was going to buy sneakers or records. And if you look at my collection of records from between 1997, I'd say, to 2002, I'm talking vinyl records. You'll know I, 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 yeah, I, I, I popped some tags. I, I really, I spent, I spent that dough. But the thing is that back in the days, it was really a choice. It was really a question. Am I going to buy these Adidas or am I going to cop these records? So later on down the line, when I resurrected it for Instagram, it was another thing where I would go to different record stores. I would go to um, In Your Ear in, um, in Austin, right on BU's campus, or the one at um, Harvard Square. I would go to... um. Cheapos in um, Central Square. I would go to Nuggets, which is in Kenmore Square. I just go to any record store. I could really just like find. Uh, I eventually ended up at like Stereo Jacks this one time, but at a man's back. But the thing was, back in those days, if you like the Adidas that came out, you would go to a store. Or you would go to like, I don't know, um, Laced, which is a which does like reselling, or you would go to Bodega, or um, A Wall, which is in um, Austin. Now we have Sneaker Junkies, which is on um, Newberry Street, but you'd go to all these different spots. Um, uh, damn, what's another place? Uh, the spot in Harvard Square. Concepts. So you go out to all these different places. And it would be a question. Like, yo, am I going to buy these? $180, $120, $140 kicks. Or could I just spend this money instead on records? Because they would actually be in store. Now, here's what changed. Uh, after the ultra beat, the ultra boost era happened with Adidas, I think what 2015, and then all of a sudden they started doing the drops online, and then like the NMDs came out, like that whole stretch. What ended up happening was the Adidas that you wanted weren't even in stores unless they were going to a resale spot. You had to cop them online and then you had to wait for the next drop and wait for the next drop and wait for the next drop and wait for the next drop. So it got to be a point where you weren't going to a store, a physical store and seeing the Adidas you wanted to cop or I wasn't or a lot of people weren't. So it wasn't a question anymore of records or Adidas. I'd actually find the records. 
the Adidas I wanted, I had to hunt for. I was already uh, going to different places, you know, digging for records. That was always the common thread. But the Adidas, it would be like, do I buy these or do I buy the or do I spend this money instead on records? It wasn't a question anymore. You didn't have a choice. You were going to have to buy the records or not spend the money on the records in hopes that you could find the Adidas you've been looking for and you'd have the money. So that's what happened with that. So it just died. It just died a, a, a horrible death. I enjoyed doing the posts on Instagram, but it has got to be a point where. And here's another thing. It got to be a point where sometimes when you do things in social media, it's an, based on your status or whatever the fuck. Uh, it looks like a sponsored post or an advertisement. And the thing was that Adidas never sent me shit. They never gave me anything. I have a relationship with them, but it never materialized in me ever getting, you know, a job or a collaboration or anything because I'm not famous enough. So I was just like, you know what? It's been years and I'm going to have to stop doing this because this shit don't make sense. It just, it just doesn't make sense anymore. And then on top of it, it's like it's not natural. Like, I don't like doing things where it's like a reach. And then when things just stop making sense i just stopped doing them and that was just one of the things i stopped doing i don't really like promo i don't do like a lot of fucking adidas promotion on instagram or shit like that because why and another thing is that like just the way things are going right now i don't like a lot of the stuff they're putting out when they do put out something that i like i'll go buy it but i'm not and i just i never felt the need to um to blindly like anything if it's if I think it's ugly I think it's ugly if I don't like it I don't like it if I don't like a move the company makes I don't I I say it I'm not a big fan of Kanye West so I'm not fucking with anything that bears his name so it's just what it is man but one of the weird things too is that when you're someone like me who's serious a lot of times it i've discovered it makes people uneasy and it scares them and especially when you're um when you don't feel the need to go out of your way to coddle people or i guess lie more people call it being political when you're honest with someone. Some people people say I want you to be honest with me and want you to be brutally honest with me. And the fact of the matter is they don't mean it. Because not everybody could take it. Some people just want to really know where they stand, regardless of the situation. Like I want you to tell me how you feel about something. Here's the thing. Just because somebody tells you how you feel about something, how they feel about something, doesn't necessarily mean that the person who asked is going to appreciate it or they're going to uh, take your information and do something with it. They just want to know. A lot of times people just want to be. Um, they just want somebody to echo their sentiments. They just want somebody to go along with what they say. They want somebody to co-sign their bullshit. And if you're not somebody who's willing to co-sign bullshit. Why? Why do it? 
and stupid. But when you're someone who's really serious, it does scare people. It makes them uneasy. Uh, when I used to go to the hospital all the time with my mom when she was doing her chemo and like her, her treatments, I wasn't necessarily sad or angry, but I'm just always, I always look like I'm thinking. At least that's what I think it is. I just look like I'm thinking. And people in the hospital would always like ask me questions like, are you okay? You good? This and this. And I'm like, and then I would be like, I'd look at like, what? why do people keep fucking asking me questions? And then I like really I later discovered it was like, you just look like you're mad or you're pensive all the time. Like you're going through something. I'm like, this is my normal face. I'm always thinking. This is why I do this fucking podcast. Because I always have shit like this going on in my head. And I realized it was because it makes people uneasy when you... When you're in a setting and you're around people that look like they could just... Let it go and relax and be free or whatever and not think about certain things. I'm always fucking thinking. I'm always doing something. Right now, um, behind me is my MacBook. My MacBook, I'm writing two pieces simultaneously and researching a third. I don't even know if I'm going to sell these fucking things. But it's, there's always something happening. In front of me, I have... I'm moving, This is notes. 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 That's a folder. That's a pens. Notes. I have... This is my my dining room table. It's just filled, filled with papers and just writing all over them. I'm constant. My brain is constantly working. I, I don't sleep a lot. When I do sleep, most people I heard, they dream. I don't dream. I close my eyes and if I do sleep, I wake up four hours later. And then I get back up and do whatever the fuck I'm trying to do. That is an odd. That would be an odd life for most people. They like the idea of I close my eyes and time passed and I feel relaxed. And all I'm thinking about is what the fuck I need to do. Because the way my life works and the way things work, I shit is. And I just got to do whatever I need to do on this planet before that shit stops. And that scares a lot of people. And to me, that's life. I was put on this planet. I have a specific purpose or purposes and I need to fill them shits. And when I'm done, whatever. There are a lot of people that like they hope they live to a ripe old age. I don't give a fuck about what age I really go at. I just hope that I had enough time where I did what I was supposed to do and someone else can pick it up from there and go. And I hope that when I do go. I'm not somebody who's like really old and can't do certain things and whatever. No, I believe in quality of life over everything else. If I feel like, yo, I ain't going to be able to do this shit like I used to anymore. I can't walk again. Fuck this shit. I don't want to be in an old frail body with my mind deteriorating. No, the second this shit goes or the rest of the shit goes. I'm up out of here.
I just don't have a, a real connection to it. And besides, with the way I sleep, I could go and not fucking know it. Like, most people really have fear of, like, yo, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm never going to fucking know. And then, of course, I, th- I know it might sound morbid or whatever, but I have so many people that I came up with in my time that are gone. It'll be fucked. I, that, I want to live a certain amount of time so that it, it'll it, like, all right, it's not going to fuck anybody up if I go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have family. You know, I have friends. If, if something happened now, that would be horrible. That would be terrible. That would suck. Give me uh, 15 to 20 years. If I can't get all the shit I'm supposed to get done in 15 to 20 years with my kind of fucking work work ethic and how I don't fucking sleep and as much work as I do, then shit, I deserve it. But I don't want to go out like frail and weak and, and a burden to other people. No, Mm-mm. I'm good. And I'm not really into like trying to live a life like a, a fast life or anything else. I didn't do a lot of shit when I was young that I'm trying to make up for now. You know what I'm saying? Like um the dude from Thrasher, Phelps, uh, he passed away recently. He was fifty-six. And when he was young, he did a bunch of stupid shit and he almost died several times and he died at fifty-six. So him making it to fifty-six is like, oh shit, you made it to fifty-six, damn. However, Luke Perry dying at 52 is like, how the fuck did Luke Perry die at 52? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's some different shit. When other people die in their 40s and 50s, you're just, like, devastated. And you're like, wow, that's horrible. And when some people die in their 40s and 50s, it's like, yo, that motherfucker lived a life. They packed a whole lot of life in that 40 or 50 years. They affected a lot of people. They they did a lot of things. Me, I'm going to be 44 in August, and I still feel like I haven't done shit. I haven't. I feel like I haven't done shit. There are people to tell me like, "Yo, you did this, you did this, you changed this, you wrote this, and this, this," and I'm like, I haven't done what I was supposed to do. I have about four books that should happen, but again, the problem is that. I've mentioned it before. I, I hate fucking repeating myself. I, I'd love for it to happen, but shit gotta happen for it to be right. I don't feel the need to just like, ah, push this fucking book out. Ah, give it to the people. Because if I fucking die before that shit, if I die and then that shit, you know, catches on, that would suck. And that's just one of the problems that happens with being in this um, space that I'm in right now, right? Perfect example. Mm. Not too long ago was March 11th, March 11th, of course, the 30th anniversary of Billboard introducing the rap um, charts for the first time. Right after that, we have March 13th, 1989, which is the first day, the 30th anniversary of the first day of the daily show of Yo! MTV Raps um, with Ed Lover, Dr. Dre, T-Money, then later like Todd One. March 14th, 
the 30th anniversary of the release of um, Grip It On That Other Level by Ghetto Boys, uh, The Desolate One by Just Ice, and Road to the Riches by um, Coogee Rapper DJ Polo, right? Uh, March 14th, 1989 is also the 30th anniversary of the release of um, Nintendo's game Ninja Gaiden, which was Tecmo adapted from the arcade Super frustrating and hard arcade game. Really slow and methodical. It came out for Nintendo. It was fast-paced, but it was very difficult. I feel it was very difficult. Some people just say it was just like hard and challenging. But it became a beloved um, franchise from there, right? Now, I remember the day... My younger brother and I, uh, I don't know exactly how we got the money, but we had $55 between us. I don't remember how we got the money. Maybe my brother remembers. Um, But I do remember we had the money. We saved the money. We knew we wanted to get Ninja Gaiden. We just knew we got to get Ninja Gaiden. And we knew it was out at the local mall. Uh, I used to live on Mass Ave. I now live on Columbus, which is... And so the mall, Copley Copley Mall, Copley Place Mall, is now directly around the corner from me. It's in my backyard. If I go at my back door and I walk, there's a... a, uh, The Southwest Corridor Mall, and it, it walks right up to it. It's there. So we had to walk from Mass Ave here. I remember we went with my big brother Dave because he was like, you sure 55 is going to be enough to cover the tax? He was like, I'll tell you what, I'll just come with y'all. And it was St. Patrick's Day, 1989. School's out in Boston. It was a holiday called Evacuation Day. I don't think it exists anymore. But like, there were only three places on the planet that celebrated St. Patrick's Day as a holiday. That was in Ireland, uh, Montserrat, and Boston. And no, and as I mentioned on Twitter, House of Pain is not a fucking Boston rap group. Anyway, we go to the mall. We go upstairs. There's an electronic boutique on the second floor. I'll never forget it. Go upstairs. We go to electronic boutique. We see that they actually have it. And here's the thing, too, because you had to go to the store to make sure they had it. You could call ahead, you, all that shit. Um, so we go to the store and we see they have a copy. And this is a big thing, too. We had to make sure there was a copy. It wasn't like back in the days. I mean, it wasn't like late, later on where um, people announced a release date. Or you opened up a magazine. You saw it announced this game is coming out on this day. Or you could pre-order it on this day. It wasn't like that back then. Ads and commercial space were put in magazines to advertise something that was already out. When you opened up the fucking um, the sale paper, you would see the game for sale in the magazine after or in the circular after it was out. You know, they didn't say it's coming. You knew the month. That was it. So we went there. We saw it. And then my brother saw uh, Tech Mobile. And he was like, oh, shit, they got Tech Mobile. He's like, I got to get that. So he went to an ATM, fleet ATM, took out $60. Increments of 20. So we bought both Tecmo Bowl and Ninja Gaiden. 
We took them back to the house and we played them. And I think um, also that same week, Strider just hit the arcade. The arcade game, which was really fucking hard. But it's just crazy that, like, I remember all of that. What's even crazier is I don't remember what the fuck I was talking about. I just went on that rant. And now I'm trying to think, like, do I really want to keep this? And then I'm thinking, yo, it's almost it's past three o'clock and I want to put this podcast episode up. I am not going to try to figure out what the fuck I was talking about. It's almost like I need to when I go before I go on a tangent, I need to write down exactly what the fuck I was talking about. So in case I lose my space or I need to have somebody in the corner, like hold up a fucking flashcard, like this is what you were talking about. But anyway, um, I remember all these things. And um, so when you're in a space where you remember all these things. And you want to write about them. The first thing you have to consider is. Is anyone going to pay me for this? Am I wasting my time even telling anybody about it or trying to gauge uh, gauge interest in people as opposed to pitching? Because pitching. When you pitch, you constantly are pitching to people. I don't do that. I've mentioned it before. I. Um, tell people what I'm writing probably the least of any writer around and I tell the least amount of outlets about my intentions most writers I know real ones have a myriad of places that they pitch to constantly, non-stop and they have between 50 and 100 something published pieces per year. Last year, I think I had six published pieces and I got quoted in like 15 articles. I did nothing. And it's funny because that year I made more money than I did the last three previous years when I had a regular column in places because I did other shit. I put almost no effort in either trying to pitch or trying to gauge interest in what I'm writing anymore. There's so much shit I've written and I just wrote it. And then there's other shit that people be like, yo, you need to write this and I don't because I don't necessarily have the interest or the motivation to write it. And I am at a point now where, um, so five years ago, five years ago around this time of year, yeah, welcome to Boston. Five years ago around this time of year, I um I quit journalism. Some shit went down. Uh I think what happened ultimately was oh um my uh my rate was like cut into a, a third or something like that. And what happened was I was trying to be able I was trying to afford to buy a um Damn, what was it? Um, 
you have your regular ID and passport. I was trying to get a passport. There was supposed to be this beat battle and this other thing happening in um, Canada, Toronto. I think it was North by Northeast. And they wanted me to be a judge for this uh, Canada versus North America. I mean, Canada versus United States beat battle. And then I was supposed to do something else on the panel for North by Northeast. And they were like, yo, we want you to come. We're going to fly you down, do all this stuff. I was like, cool. I just need to get a passport. So I was going to add a regular column working with Hip Hop Wired. And I was just like, I know I'm getting this money. And I know when the money's coming. As soon as it comes in, I'm going to go get my passport. I'm going to have enough time for my passport to come in. After I take the picture and everything, because I, I had done the time perfectly. What happened was I get hit up. Oh, April Fool's. It was April Fool's Day. Uh, got the email. That's what happened. I got the email on April Fool's Day. I open it and it said that we're cutting your salary. We can't afford to pay you your rate. So we're going to cut your salary um, in half per piece. And so what that meant Ultimately, was that I was going to get a third of the money that I thought I was going to get. I laughed it off immediately after seeing it. And I was like, nobody's going to cut my fucking salary. Because they know if they did that, they might as well just pay me my full rate and say, we're not going to carry have you go forward. Because there's no fucking way I'm going to say yes to that. I'm going to work for between a third and a half of what I did before. Who the fuck? Who, who with an IQ over 100 would agree to that? I think you know what I'm trying to say. So I just thinked it off. And then what happened was I get I do my pieces, whatever, send in my invoice. Then I get word back. It's like, nah, um, this isn't your rate anymore. We can only pay you. We can only honor half half of this. But overall, this money that you thought you were going to get, we can only give you a third of that. I could do you a solid and give you half. This is when all hell broke loose. I saw red. If I do the work. And we agreed on a rate. Motherfucker, you pay me my rate. And it was one of those things where um, there are writers, because writers talk and everybody goes back and forth and we have fucking group chats and text chains and all type of shit. And they were talking about what we going, like, what can you do? You know, it happens. It happens. And I'm like, it doesn't happen to me. I was like, you fuck with me. Here's the thing. Uh... Most people pitch to a lot of places. Most people write for a lot of places. I don't. So when you fuck with my money, it's not you fuck with my emotions. You are trying to kill me. That money or that money that I earned and, and, and I should be paid. When you say you're not going to pay it, you are putting my life in danger. And not only that, it really fucked up a lot of things I wanted to do. I really wanted to go to, um, because I never leave Boston. I really wanted to go to Toronto. I wanted to do this thing. I really was looking forward to it. And it was pretty much saying no already. 
So I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to burn your whole shit down now. And I don't want to go into detail because a lot of people have forgotten it happened. I haven't. I remember every detail. But ultimately, I was a one-man fucking wrecking crew. And ultimately, I got paid all of my money from Hip Hop Wired. All of it. All of it. They were fucking sorry that they ever sent that email to me. Nobody goes to Hip Hop Wired anymore. But I got my money. All of it. But the thing is, I got that money late. So I couldn't get my um passport. I couldn't go to Toronto. And I was so fucking angry at the whole situation that I quit journalism. This is 2014. This is about April, May, April, May, 2014. Funny thing is what happened is I'm completely done with this shit. I'm, I'm just off doing whatever. And then I get hit up by my boys, um, Brandon of show off marketing and, um, Greg G Valentino ball of, uh, killer Boombox, And they're like, um, we're about to move in to this office in Roxbury in Dudley Square as part of a a, a tech incubator as an entertainment company and we want you to come with us and I'm like what he's like yeah just come to the office so I go to the office and we spend like the next year about in the whole tech space doing all the things, getting all these connections. I'm seeing all these things happen, meeting all these people, seeing all the moves that they're making, understanding all the things that I've been doing wrong for the years that I've been around. Being in those rooms and having those conversations and just seeing the things that these guys do and how they actually, you know, interact with people and gather information and then use it. These dudes do not waste time. Everything they do is measured and weighed calculated there wasn't a thing that these dudes did even when it looked like on the surface this doesn't make any sense they went in there came up with the information they wanted got what they wanted from the situation and then applied it. And I was witness. I bore witness to it. And I just realized all the things I was doing wrong. And it's funny because with this podcast. I don't use damn near any of it. Because for me. There's a difference between business. And just pure expression and art. 
When it comes to matters of business, shit that I know I'm going to be paid for, things that I know I can execute well, I do that immediately, quickly, and effectively. I'm at a point right now where I, my only motivation is to see something done the way it's supposed to be done or payment. I've had people give me opportunities, but the opportunities weren't like, if you do this and do this and do this in this amount of time, you'll get paid this much. You give me that, I'm getting the money. And I want the money. So I'm doing that shit as quick as possible because that money is a lifeline. Then there have been things where it's just like it's kind of open-ended where, hey, um, I got this job or this opportunity where if you do this and this, this, then maybe we'll see. I'm not 25. I don't have time to fuck around with you like that and let's wait and see. Unless it's something that is a big project that I know it's going to really pay huge dividends or something that really needs to be done. Really needs to be done. Then I'm on board. Other than that, show me the fucking money. I've done a lot of jobs for a lot of people. And then I had to chase the motherfuckers for my money. Why do I need to do not only the job that I was hired for. But then do an extra job and have to chase you for my fucking payment. Why should I have to do that? I'm just at a point right now where I have so little, um, is it patience? I have long patience in other fields, but in this particular one, I don't trust humanity and I have no fucking patience anymore. Just, if you're going to pay me, pay me. If you're not, fuck you. And I've had a lot of recent situations. Well, not a lot. Well, a lot from a lot in my mind. For other people, maybe no. A lot means too many. One is fucking one too many. Uh, and it was situations where it was an opportunity presented to me, and it's like if this happens, this can happen, and if and if and if and if no. I want to know. Payment, options, money, whatever. Here's the thing too. If it's something that may pay well down the line, at least hit me off with something. Just something. Now, and then if something else comes down later, cool. But you got to pay me at some point now. I'm not doing shit for free at my age. I'm not a fucking intern. Know what I'm saying? I'm not looking to build a fucking resume. I haven't had a resume in 15 years. Maybe 15 years. I haven't had a resume in 15 years. God damn. I wouldn't even know what the fuck to put on a resume now. I mean, I've written um many. I've written bios for myself. But those aren't necessarily resumes. 
Because if I hand it to somebody, I'm like, who gives a fuck you did college radio? Like, who cares? Like, who cares what fucking, um, what label imprint you own? I'm saying, like, no one gives a goddamn. Yeah, you have a podcast. Who gives a fuck? Sir, this is a Denny's. Like, what the fuck? Can you imagine what a first date must be like? So, what do you do? Um, uh, I have a podcast. Sometimes I put out uh, throwback uniforms. Um, uh, my Twitter's popping. Um, I'm hoping to get my Instagram um, verified. So, maybe uh, it looks better when I send out these uh, these book proposals. Uh, the fuck? If you don't want me to do it, oh Jesus Christ! Um, oh, another thing, right? So if you go to uh, Anchor FM backslash Dart Adams, I don't know if it's Dart Dash Adams or just Dart Adams, whatever the fuck. Um, or you look on the page. There's a I have to say this. There's a support button. It's not a Patreon. But it's whatever. So it's a support button. And if you want to support the podcast or make a donation to the podcast or whatever, just press the button and make a fucking donation. I don't give a fuck how much. You could, It doesn't fucking matter if you do it or not. Well, it matters to you. I'm sorry. I'm really bad at this type of shit. Because I don't fucking care. It's either going, you either want to do this or you don't. You know what I'm saying? I don't like asking anybody for anything i'm like yo if they want to do it they'll do it i believe in free will this podcast goes up when it goes up oh but one thing that did change i have changed the date to friday because i noticed that of course netflix they upload their new episodes 3 a um 3 a.m every friday for east coast west coast time which is technically midnight on the west coast and I'm like, yo, I've been fucking up by trying to do this podcast whenever I felt like it. Oh, spontaneous. Three days, five days, seven days, nine days. Dude, just do it every fucking week on the same day. So at least you get the numbers back when you do actually check the numbers and you can actually do some business like an adult. So that's what I'm trying to do now. And I feel like I'm failing miserably at that. But again... If this situation changes where this is a business business, I'm going to be much more effective at it. I hope.